0: Kevin Fishbane. I oh got Fishy Business, K okay, Fishbane. Fishy Business? Fishy Business, what well, I call him whenever I have him on the show, Fishy Business. Bears beat writer for The Athletic. I just try to work hard and tell good stories. I should also note, I know the sports caster of the year for Illinois is no longer covering Illinois team, and I am not leaving to cover the Detroit Lions. All right, well, good. Kevin Fishbane talking Bears. Hey, Kevin, uh, Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. I love your name. It's a great name. Yeah, great name. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. <laughs>
1: I believe Ray Diaz called our next guest the only fish you need if you're observing Lent. Because this guy's got you covered.
2: It's ca- amazing. <laughs> it's amazing the second time.
1: Hey, man, I, I grew up. I'm Mexican, so I grew up Catholic, so I can make those jokes, you know? Kevin How do you Fishbane feel about that,
2: Kevin?
1: <laughs> is on Twitter, at K Fishbane. The Bears writer for The Athletic is with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, CircaLasVegas.com, and Twitch.tv slash Chicago670, the score.
0: What's up, Kevin? How are you? What's up? That's a new one, but I trust Ray with everything, so I love it.
2: Wow. I, I appreciate the circle of trust here. I feel like we're a happy, functional show. We, we, we I think, spent our first hour talking about Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair and I think it's respective of how much time they've spent successfully with the Bears Kevin this is these are two significant players on a and two significant roster cuts
0: yeah yeah I remember when we talked to Eddie Jackson ahead of the 2022 season I kept thinking about um the the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air gif with Will Smith staying alone in the room looking around like that was Eddie in the locker room like everybody was gone especially after the Roquan Smith trade and you know the same could be said kind of for Cody Whitehair. just everybody was gone and those two survived a lot of changes from coaches to GMs to coordinators to teammates around them and and they withstood it and you know I I, th- I felt like the conversation about them is almost more nostalgic you know because I don't we obviously expected these moves they're kind of the right moves when you look at the cap situation and what those guys were going to schedule to make next year. Um, but look, when, when the Bears were at their best in the past decade, you look at that 2018 season. And Eddie Jackson was unbelievable that year. And Cody Whitehair was a Pro Bowl alternate and, and had one of his best seasons. So, you know, I, I think it's just kind of the official closing of the door of that era. And, and now it's kind of wild that among the starters, the longest tenured player on the team is Cole Komet.
2: I mean, that's it. And that tells you everything. And he's he's one guy who this regime actually extended before the season, as we know. When it comes to, I think, Eddie Jackson, one of the things that I thought was more impressive, and I said it earlier, was that he did play better after having a couple of seasons where there was a downward trajectory. And then, you know, he talked all about Daquan Brisker helping, uh, you know, wanting to help him. And I made the joke that, yeah, because it takes some of the responsibility off of Eddie. But it really did work out in a positive way for everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, Layla, if Eddie doesn't get hurt in 2022, he's probably going to the Pro Bowl that year. He had four interceptions, and he really bought in to what Matt Eberflus was selling. And, and you know, when you looked at how much money he was making, he could have kind of been like, look, man, you're stuck with me. I'm making all this money. and I'm just going to do what I want. And that's not what he did. You know, he would invite Jaquan Brisker to his house to to work with him, to to watch film, to train. Uh, he was just the, the he really flipped a switch, I think, from the Eddie we saw when things were really struggling for him 2019, 20, and 21, just a different guy in 2022. And this year. He was just the guy and you guys have seen this as people who've gone through locker rooms you always have that one play you can just count on win or loss that you could just talk to whether it's on the record off the record and he became that guy this year for us so we're obviously going to have a little bias to that um and it was weird that as the defense took off it he only had one, that one interception in cleveland um but you know yeah i i think that his play improved when ibrifus got here and, and it's testament to to him and and to his professionalism and and yeah I mean it's uh it was an outstanding career he had here in Chicago.
1: I'm not sure why I think this, but I I don't think the Bears are going to have a difficult time replacing Eddie Jackson. I'm actually confident that they're going to find somebody good enough or 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 really good at that spot. I can't say I feel the same about the center position simply because it is a function of having a defensive-minded head coach and having this much turnover on the offensive side of the ball, I don't know what Shane Waldron values. I don't know what positions are important to him as he prioritizes the way he envisions the offense. And I'm just, I don't know how those conversations are are going to occur. Is that fair to have these
0: concerns? Yeah, I think so, Daniel. The similarity of the two positions are they are both in that kind of middle range when it comes to if like in, in free agency, for example. I think Antoine Winfield's the guy at safety. But after that, like you're not talking about big money. When you look at the centers in free agency, you're not talking about having to spend a ton of money to get one of the best centers available. You go to the draft, you know. There's a one or two guys who might go at the end of the first round at center. But otherwise, these are positions you're looking at in day two, in the second or third round, and you can find a guy who can start for you. So in the one hand, they're, they're important positions, but they're not ones you, you should need to spend premium resources. The other thing, though, is they're two of the Bears' biggest needs, right. so and they have the resources. What so they want to splurge and do something they can yeah I'm interested to meet we're supposed to meet Shane Waldron next week and that may be something that comes up you know what what are some of the things he looks for Because we kind of had a bit of a mold of the offensive lineman they liked the last two years I would imagine it's pretty similar because I think the scheme is pretty similar it's the same offensive line coach um, but that's something we'll learn because that like you can make the argument that if you depending on what you feel about Braxton Jones like, you can go full optimism and say, hey, I, I really like what Braxton Jones is doing. We love Tevin Jenkins when he's healthy. Nate Davis, full offseason, you know, healthy, uh, had a obviously a rocky year. We can maybe see what his potential is, and we know what Darnell Wright is. You could be one piece away. Like Again, that's the kind of the full optimistic view of that offensive line, which makes you feel good. Like, that's the one spot. It's an important spot, but the Bears do have the resources to put a lot into that if they want to.
2: Isn't the uh, Seahawks center a free agent? Isn't that a possibility?
0: Yes, I believe so. And that's the thing too, Layla, with the centers. Like I've I've gone through the list and like they're all fine players. Like you're not going to necessarily get a pro bowler there. You don't, but again, you don't need to just get somebody who understands the scheme is going to work well with the quarterback is going to make the right calls at the line uh, and is going to just kind of fill in and not be a liability right? Like you just, you don't need to get, you don't need to get the best guy. You can get someone that's really solid and serviceable. And and frankly, that's what, when Cody Whitehair was his best, that's what he was. He was just a good, solid, reliable, durable player.
2: And I don't think anybody's questioning either one of these moves. I say Eddie Jackson's time came to an appropriate end. Cody Whitehair's time came to an appropriate end. You don't always get to say that in the NFL, but to me, nobody's clamoring for those guys to necessarily stay. It's more of like an appreciation and a mutual parting.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, look, I mean, with the Cody Whitehair thing, we knew it when he got benched, like that was it. He was done. Um, With Eddie, there might've been a pause just because, you know, Cody had already lost his starting spot. So you you knew regardless of what they were going to do with him, they had to go find a starting center, but Eddie you can kind of hem and haw a little bit and say, well, they do have the cap space. Do they try to, renegotiate do they try to bring him back on a smaller salary but you know eddie himself i mean he can just go get a one-year deal from a contending team that has the type of scheme that's going to play well for him and get more money than the bears would be willing to pay him so yeah you you, could have sit there and and thought well he means so much to that room as a leader Um, could we you know he is a starter but yeah i don't think anybody's sitting there kind of upset that they made these moves
1: On another subject, this is one of those things where maybe I'm the only one who thinks this. But in the conversation that Kevin Warren had with Jared Payton, it was a little more football opinion-y than I expected when asked about Justin Fields. And, of course, he's the president of the team. I'm not saying he isn't entitled to give us his football thoughts. I was a little surprised that he chose to, sort of like when 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 an appellate court decides to take up a case – or not. They can very easily not take up the case, and they can just kick it back, and the decision stands. And in this case, Kevin Warren could have said, well, for right now, these football questions, these are, Ryan Poles is in full command of everything we are doing from a roster perspective, and he knows that I am always here for him if he has a question, but these are these are all his decisions. He didn't do that, and I'm not saying his actual opinion itself is, is meaningful. I did think his willingness to discuss football
0: things was significant. Did you? Uh, Yeah, Dan, I don't, I don't think you're alone in that. I think it's been very hard to gauge where Kevin Warren is at in terms of football decisions. I think he's involved in everything. Um, But then again, you know, I think we, we talked about this a month ago, right? We kind of were wondering if he was going to be the one, he was going to be this wild card that made this drastic change to the football side of things with the coach and he chose to kind of he didn't and that and and things stayed the same at, at the head coaching level so it, it's kind of this back and forth and maybe he's still trying to get his feel for what that role is and how it, football involved he was but no I was a little surprised because again it, we just I just don't know how, mu- how much football he's going to talk it, it's a it's an odd position because I think when he came in to replace Ted Phillips there was a lot of nodding like yes this makes sense this guy is very qualified um, for what they need and had more, you know, had plenty of experience in front offices. So you've thought maybe he could be more football minded. The flip side of that is it's not like he, he didn't play football. He's never, you know, he hasn't been a scout. Um, so you, you know, I, me- I remember asking him at his introductory press conference, you I uh, wanted to know like, what is your role in these football decisions? And, you know, he said he wanted to be a sounding board and he wanted to know, understand everything and, that's fine. I mean, that's his, that's his position. But yeah, Dan, I think it was like, he's just hard to read. I mean, he's a, he's a politician, right? We just, it's just really hard to, to gather what the motive was with some of those things he said about Justin Fields.
2: I also think that when it comes to Warren's being public right now, it's not just about his leadership. It's not just that he's there. This is what he's doing. It's that, the timing of him being public and being in interviews also coincides with what we're seeing happen in the courts. It's recently decided about the tax evaluation, or at least partially the process is moving along for Arlington Heights. And I think the bears think that there has to be some, some credibility there when it comes to this is the person deciding our future with our venue.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, and again, it goes back to the idea that he's a politician. There's a lot of politicking that goes along with this stadium situation. I think also for all of us, we're just getting used to this because we didn't see this from the former president, right? Right. Like we heard from Ted at the end of the year and that was pretty much it. And that was the way he liked it. That was the way the bears liked it. Um, I kind of liked when Ted talked because sometimes he would go off the cuff and you get some really good quotes. He would definitely
2: talk about football.
0: Yes. And it's um, so this is different. This is somebody that welcomes the camera Um, you know, welcomes the opportunity to talk. And it's something that we're all just trying to get used to. And we're all trying to read the tea leaves and what it means. But I do think that you kind of hit it there, that there is an important stadium decision that he wants to be done this year. And there's a lot of real politicians involved. And he is the Bears politician. He's working behind the scenes and in front of the camera to try to get that all done.
1: When did you say the Waldron availability was? And, and within that answer, what is your, timetable for heading
0: in toward the combine of the draft. Yeah Dan. So we're expecting to hear from Shane Waldron and Eric Washington next week okay. as all things, everything is always fluid with that kind of stuff. And then at the com the next week we're at the combine. It's amazing. You know, this off season it's two weeks after Super Bowl, and then you're in Indianapolis and you're right into it. And we'll talk to Ryan Poles there. We'll talk to Maddie Brefus there. And then it'll be the Caleb Williams show. Uh and then we come back and you get one week before free agency. Uh, and, and then and then suddenly it's owner's meetings and draft time. So it's, you know, re- relax next week for football people because once once the combine starts, it's really full go through the draft for all this stuff. And obviously the Bears are just the center of the NFL universe. So that combine will be very, very interesting to hear what Ryan Poles says about what, if any decisions have been made, I'm sure there won't be by the time we talk to him, what he's going to be interested in hearing from some of these quarterbacks. And as we learned last year, the most important conversations that he will have when it comes to trade talks are probably going to take place at the combine. So we won't hear those. We won't see those, but that's where that stuff get, that's kind of the origin spot um, for, for those conversations.
2: I also feel like it's where, you know, somebody's stock is going to dramatically rise. I'm just trying to figure out who,
0: yeah, so my lukewarm take, Layla, is that J.J. McCarthy is going to be a top-ten pick. And that might not be the, scorching. He,
1: this year's Will Levis.
2: Just, I mean, Josh Lucas, just listen to the way he talked about him. There are a lot of scouts who feel that way.
0: Yeah, I've I've talked to a couple of people who just, who are, you know, know this stuff. And, and it seems like he's the type of guy that's going to like blow GMs away uh when these conversations start and head coaches i don't i just think the way that michigan team was built we never really saw like his full potential as a thrower he's 21 um and yeah i just think that he's the type of guy that is that people are gonna get that coaches and gms are gonna get really excited about through this process and i still think he's probably the fourth quarterback but i could see him being in the top 10 so i can see him in a combine setting where you really don't learn much about what the quarterback's throwing but you'll start to hear some leaks where you'll find out oh he really won so and so team over um and you know look and i think we've heard a lot of good things about all i mean this is an incredible quarterback class um from both skill level and just you keep hearing things about these guys as people that they're just going to Like Jaden Daniels, same thing. Like I think you're going to hear a lot of good things about him coming off the combine. So yeah, but but the the guy that I'm very very curious about where he gets drafted is McCarthy.
1: Kevin Fishbane, great stuff. Thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, Kevin Kevin Fishbane.